obviously take you through identifying the talent, the players, selecting the, the, the players, uh, getting them into our development camps, in season, off season, the American League. Uh, then there's a handoff. And when we feel the staff up here feels that that player is NHL ready, there's a handoff to the coaching staff, the current coaching staff. And within that staff, they're going to continue to build on the culture, the structure. They're going to be organized and prepared. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to the uh, LA Kings new head coach, Todd McClellan. Can you just go to that screen? Yep. And Coaches are um, needy. We're very needy people. We're always asking for things. I'd like two more scores that 50 goals that can't skate. <laughs> That's it. I don't care where they come from, what league. I heard the scouts go all over the place. Find them. <laughs> so, no, I, uh, this is impressive. Um, I've had the opportunity to be in the Minnesota Wild Organization, Detroit, San Jose, Edmonton, and, uh, of course, now here in L.A., and, and uh, these type of events occur um, in, a, in a lot of cities. They don't often incur, occur on a long weekend, uh, especially <laughs> on a Friday. And this is impressive to see this type of group out. Now, I can tell you when um, I came to this building across the street here at the Staples Center, how tough it was to play. Uh, the atmosphere, the environment, the team, uh, everything about it was tough. And it's our job to get back to that, and we will. We'll work towards it, but uh, you're a big help when it comes to that. And it's not an easy place to play. Anybody in the league will tell you that. And it's not just because of the players. It's because of the people that are here tonight. So uh, give, your, give yourselves a, a little bit of a, a hand. I want to quickly tell you a little bit about myself. I'm 51 years old. I've coached in the league for 14 years. I'll be going into my 15th. That's not all that important. What is important is I have two boys. They're 23 and 21. One uh, goes to Denver, and he plays hockey at DU. The other one goes to Boulder, Colorado College, and uh, he does his own thing. And why am I... Uh, <laughs> he may be the smart one. <laughs> he, uh, why am I telling you that? Because I think uh, the way the world changes, how fast things happen in our world, Netflix, the Internet, all that type of stuff, uh, that coaches have to stay current. They have to stay modern, and not with technology, not with uh, systems or, or anything like that. We have to stay current with uh, relationships, understanding how young people think, and I'm lucky to have uh, those two at home. Many of the, the guys sitting up here have that luxury as well, and I think that's a really, really important thing, that we understand how young people think what their desires are, how they operate, what motivates them, uh, what their parameters of success are. And uh, we're lucky to have that. I'm lucky to have it at home. These guys are lucky to have it as well. And I think that'll keep us current. So that's why I told you a little bit about my boys. I think it's really important. Um, I, one of the most often asked questions I get is, is why L.A.? Why did you come to L.A.? And it's a really easy question for me to answer and I think there's three things that stood out for me is first of all the people and I think there are some really obvious personalities that are part of the organization obviously Luke and and Rob uh, but there's so many more people in this organization that are passionately dedicated to to the team and to the community and each one of these gentlemen were up here they were talking about the, the development staff they were talking about the uh, the scouts 
There's a training staff that goes a mile long. There's um, equipment people. There's doctors. There's so many people that dedicate their time to this organization. Uh, there is nothing that the players go without here. And that can't be said for all the teams in the league. But L.A., uh, the Kings organization, from top to bottom, they give the players everything they possibly can require to have success. Um, it's not that easy, though. It's about putting it all together, uh, using what you need, filtering what you don't need, and uh, becoming a good player and becoming a good team. And that's, uh, that's up to us to put that all together. But so people were a big factor in, in the reason for me coming here. Uh, the second thing was a plan. And you may say, well, every team has a plan. Yes, no, maybe. And, um, you know, when you end up in, a, in the no and the maybe situations, it's tough. It doesn't matter if you're a coach, a manager, even an owner. It's tough when the, the, the plan doesn't, isn't real clear and concise. And, and when I met with, with this group, um, April, May, uh, there's a very clear, concise plan. Now, plans don't always go as planned. Uh, there's bumps in the road. There's uh, errors and mistakes that are made. But over time, a clear, concise plan can evolve and, and it can take you places that, uh, that we really want to get to. So the plan itself was well laid out. It was concise. Um, and, and it was exciting to see a group that put the time and effort into actually doing that. Um, not every team does that, so it was really good. Uh, the other thing is the autonomy that they've given me and our coaching staff and, and the other people up here to execute the plan. The ability to hold people accountable, uh, to establish parameters. I'll talk about that a little bit later on. And, and it really doesn't matter uh, to this group up here whether it's, it's Anse Kopitar who's been here forever and won cups. Um, he needs some guidance, some discipline, some direction, all the way down to uh, an Alex Turcotte that was just... Uh, uh, you know, drafted. Um, we have the autonomy and, and, the, um, and the wherewithal to, to do those things as a coaching staff, and we will. That's part of our plan. So those are the three primary reasons why I'm so excited to be here in L.A. and be part of the Kings family. The L.A. Kings, you as fans should be extremely proud of the past, and you should never let it go. Don't ever let, let keep those memories be proud of them, tell people about them, share your stories. Where were you when they won the cup? How did they win it? Whose hand did you shake? Were you at the parade? Relive those memories all the time. We're going to keep them. And I wasn't even part of it. Unfortunately, it was on the other end of it. <laughs> but what I'm telling you is don't give it away. Our job is to create new memories for you and start to look to the future. And you'll hear... You'll hear us talk about that, uh, the future. Now, the future is a, a pretty vague word. Future to me is tomorrow. What are we doing tomorrow? It's a, it's, it comes that quick for me as a coach. And what are we going to do next week? What are we going to do at training camp? I think you get scared sometimes when you hear the word future because you're thinking so far down the road, you know, five years from now. That's part of the future, and we want to be in a certain spot then. But I, we, the staff, and I know this group up here, we want to be somewhere tomorrow as well. So don't, uh, you know, don't give up on, on tomorrow. Don't give up on, on next week. Uh, we want to be held accountable for every day. And we will continue to grow and turn the team to where it needs to go. Uh, it'll take a lot of work, but we're prepared to do it, and we will get it done. There, um, <laughs> I think there's three groups of people that affect our path coming forward. And... and um, 
the groups can be defined, I think, in management, coaching staff, and players. Now, there's, there's a lot of other people that are involved. Uh, I think of scouts, player development, that type of stuff. And you can kind of lop them into coaching and uh, management. They're the two most closely related groups. And then, of course, there's the players that get out there and perform. You, you come and watch them play. That's where you come. But management will provide us with assets, with tools, with different types of players, different ingredients. Um, and you have to have different ingredients to have a successful team. Uh, they'll evaluate the assets. They'll make the moves. Uh, the development coaches, um, we basically witnessed school here um, from going out and identifying young players, getting them up through grades one, two, three, if you will, for analogy, handing them off to the, de the development staff, getting them into maybe college uh, with the, the rain, and then handing them off to the real world. And we're lucky enough to get them when they get to the real world. Um, but the development doesn't end there. We as a coaching staff accept the responsibility of maintaining the development, not letting it slip, and growing it, because it just gets tougher when you hit the real world. I think anybody that's gone through college will tell you that, and I, I see it that way. I see the handoff here. Um, but management will do those things. Coaches, when they get to us, we have a huge responsibility, and I'll talk a little bit about that right away, but before I do that, I want to mention our coaching staff. Um, you're, uh, obviously, I'm standing here, I'm the head coach, but Trent Yanni, is the assistant coach. He'll take care of the defenseman this year. So when Drew Doughty's looking back, he's going to look back and he's going to see Trent Yanni standing there. And Trent Yanni's played and been in the NHL and developed players um, in one uh, form or another since probably 1984, 85 in that range. So he's been around for a long time. He's played with Hall of Famers that have won the Norris Trophy. He's coached Hall of Famers that have won the Norris Trophy. He's developed young players that have succeeded. He's seen players fail. He's lived it all. So when they look back there, there's a real sense of credibility on the bench. And uh, I've known him for many years. He doesn't pull any punches. He is one of the most supportive uh, coaches when it comes to taking care of his defensemen. He'll defend them to the bitter end, but he expects an awful lot from them, and he will demand a lot from them. So it's a great trade-off, and they'll feel his, uh, his passion for them, but they'll also know when, you know, he's kind of that father that stares at you when he expects a lot more from you. And uh, he has that glare, which is something that, that I really like. Marco Sturm is, uh, is returning to the organization, uh, obviously a former king that's got a, a tremendous playing background. He's evolving as a, as a coach. He will take care of the forwards, power play. Uh, I should mention Trent Yanni will help with the penalty kill. And, and one of the things this year, um, let's hope that those special teams improve and let's hope that they go the right direction. It'll take some time. Uh, but as that's happening and, and if we have success or if we fail, it's a group effort. Um, if the penalty kill tends to struggle for a while, it's not Trent Yanni's responsibility, it's all of ours. And yes, they have those roles when they sit down in the, in the coach's office and they watch video, they'll zero in on those areas. But Make no mistake about it, uh, at the end of the day, I am ultimately responsible for those numbers and those um, results. So it's not on them, it's on me and it's on our staff. And I accept that responsibility, but we have to divvy up the, the, uh, the responsibilities so that we can spread our time out. Uh, we also have two video coaches. They're never mentioned, they're never talked about, but they are essential to what we do. And Samson Lee and Derek Johnson are their names. Uh, you won't see them on the bench, but you'll, you'll hear about them maybe behind the scenes. 
They keep us organized. They get us the information we need. We work them to the bone. And uh, they, are, they are tremendous. And just remember those names in the grind of January when we're tired and we're, we're, we're worn out a little bit as a staff and the players are tired. They're almost dead, but they just keep going. Um, so it's really, really important that you know that. Billy Ranford's back as the goaltender coach. <laughs> and uh, I don't have to, uh, to get into to Billy a lot. Obviously, uh, just the round of applause uh, speaks volumes for what he does and the development of the coaches. Uh, I like the group because there's a number of different um, personalities. Uh, there are some coaches. Billy's been here for a long time. Marco's got a little taste of the team. We're still trying to formulate our own opinions. I like the mix of that. Um, and I like the mix of uh, ideas. There's a little bit of old school in there. There's some new and up-and-coming modern ideas. We can mix everything together and move on. Uh, the third part of it was the players. Um, obviously, they are the ones that get on the ice and perform. Um, and we have to make sure that they're at a, a certain level. Um, and we'll do that at the beginning of training camp. I'm going to talk about that right away. Uh, I should mention the American Hockey League team, the Ontario Reign. Uh, Mike Stuthers and his staff. Uh, they are an extension of what we do. Um, they are as vital to the organization as anybody because they're hands-on with those young prospects coming through. We saw the numbers of them and how important it is that they develop and evolve so the future, there's that word again, uh, is, is bright. But they get their hands on those players and they get to develop them. And uh, I remember when I was in the minors, Doug Risebrough was in Minnesota, and he says, I want you to do two things. This is the manager. He says, I want you to win and win. <laughs> and I said, oh, that's, that sounds hard. Uh, <laughs> and he said, well, let me explain it. He says, obviously, I want you to win a championship. There's no better way for young players to learn and evolve than winning. Find a way to win. Push the players to win. Make it important. But he says, I also want you to develop players. And then we all win that way. The individual wins, the organization wins, and the Minnesota Wild wins eventually. So he says, you got the toughest job out of any of the coaching staffs. So you got to win twice, win and win. And that's what Mike Stuthers and his staff have on their hands. The American League team will 99% mirror what we're doing. And why do I say 99%? Because Mike Stuthers needs some freedom uh, during the game to adapt to change to try and win. To win a game. Um, what we might be doing at the NHL level in the last minute of a game in, in Stockton may not be what he needs to win that night. So he has some freedom. But there are some principles that our coaching staff believes in and we'll transfer them to their organization, or to, not to their organization, to their team. And he will instill them in that group. So as those young players come up and put their Kings jersey on for the first time, they'll understand the language, they'll understand the systematic play, they'll understand the foundation of how we are going to approach a game, and they'll be able to apply it. There won't be mass confusion. And uh, that's, that's a goal of ours. It won't happen right away, but it will happen over time. Goals heading into training camp. Okay, so that's around the corner. We're going to get an opportunity to see the young players play, and then I call them the big boys. The big boys are showing up and they're ready to play. Ran into Jeff Carter before I get into that. And I saw Carts and, and uh, Brownie, and, and we were talking, how's your summer? Need? Too long. Way too long. Um, you know, finally the kids are at school. The wives want them out of the house. Get back to the rink. Get playing. You're grumpy. Uh, they're tired of, of working out. They're tired of lifting. They're tired of skating on their own and playing against each other. They want to get into that competitive world again. Uh, from what I've been told, 
the majority of the players are back a little bit earlier than they've been in the past. That's a great sign. Um, they are, they're hungry right now, and they, they expect to perform at a higher level, as do we expect them to do that. So uh, the goal's heading in. We have to set or reestablish what acceptable standards are for our overall performance, and, and not just the games. Everything happens before the games. The games are the fun part. How are you preparing? How are you carrying yourself around your teammates? How are you practicing? What type of effort level are you putting in? What are you doing when it's not going well? We're going to have some tough times. Every team, St. Louis, awful times last year, and they won the cup. How are you going to behave? How are you acting when it's not going well? Uh, how are you behaving when it is going well? How are your practice habits? Uh, there was a lot made about that. I'm not going to go into it. Uh, we're, we get to establish our own standards, and we're going to do that. Um, you don't win a Stanley Cup without having high standards, and we're going to reestablish that right off the bat as quick as we can. We also, the second thing that we're going to look at is adapting to the changing NHL. And the, the NHL is changing. You've, you've probably felt it as fans. Teams could be built a certain way and have success. Everybody goes out and emulates them. Um, and, and L.A. and Chicago won Stanley Cups almost simultaneously. One year after another, they just kept trading cups. One team won it one way, one team won it the other way, and they confused the whole National Hockey League. Nobody knew what to do. Um, I was with a team that decided to go the Kings way and it didn't really work. And um, I, I think that the speed, the skill, the creativity part of the game is really coming out right now. And you can see the development, you can see the scouting staff, the, the people that identify the talent are really focused on that. But character, the heaviness, uh, the, the intangibles are still real, real valuable. St. Louis had size. They still could, could push teams around a little bit and win. Um, we have that here now. We have to augment it with speed and skill. How can that happen? Well, it can happen in a number of different ways, systematically, obviously. We'll look at changing some things. You won't notice it right away. It'll take some time. It's hard to break habit. Uh, the way we forecheck, our neutral zone play will be a little bit different. Obviously, special teams, there'll be a few wrinkles in it. Uh, you're going to come to the game, we're going to play Arizona in 17 days or 18 days, if you can believe that. And you're going to sit down and you're going to go, there's nothing different. Well, there is something different. It just takes a little time for it to evolve. And uh, it will happen over time. And the players, I think, are looking for something new and something refreshing. And hopefully we can give that to them. Um, I'm a big believer that the players need not only to know how to do it, but why they're doing it. And I, I think you get a lot more out. And I go back to my two boys and probably these. They're the, the young athlete, the young person's inquisitive now. They're not afraid to ask the question, well, why, coach? Why are we doing this? Um, I know that Luke would have never asked uh, Scotty Bowman, well, Scotty, why are we doing this? Because he probably would have sat out for a month. <laughs> <coughs> but uh, I'm, at, I'm at that stage where I'm going to encourage the players to ask, well, why are we doing it? Because I think if they understand why, certain things happen on the ice and why are we trying to make these things happen you have a better chance at success not always just how but why and we'll establish that right off the bat um, so I talked about systems the how the why language hockey itself is universal you don't have to even uh, be able to speak English and you understand when the game is played what's happening if you're a true fan or a true player but when you get into a practice situation you're really trying to get specific the players can be confused with language and the words that I use 
in practice may be something different than what Luke is used to or, or Nelson or, or Glenn, yet it's the same when it's played. So the players will have to get used to new language. That will take a little bit. And that's why it takes a little while to filter through the Ontario rain system as well because the language has to be uniform. When we, uh, when we say something, the players should be able to capture a, a moment in their mind, a picture, a still picture, using words. And we have to establish that language. So that's another goal of training camp is to get the players to understand what the hell we're talking about. Um, that's always a good thing if they do that. Um, last thing is player usage. I haven't, and I think any of these guys will tell you, I haven't really sat down with uh, even Rob and deeply, deeply went into um, players, what their tendencies are. Um, I did that with my old team. And there are a lot of people in that organization that have an opinion, and I think it, it tainted, or it took me a while to formulate my own true beliefs. I was, I was influenced. And when I'm here in L.A., I'm going to take our staff. We're going to sit down. we got Billy Ranford, and we tell him to shut up a little bit in the meeting because we don't want to know everything. <laughs> we want to formulate our own opinions on players and see where they might fit. We might see somebody a little bit different than the old staff or an old coach or even maybe some of the people up here. It's, it's refreshing for the players. they got a new chance at life. Um, so we want to take our time and formulate players look at player usage, use some of the analytics, and uh, decide where we're going to go from there. So those are some of the goals of training camp. Um, to finish, I'm an analogy guy. I use analogies, probably used them here a little bit already. And um, I'm going to share this with, with the players at training camp. You're going to get their meeting right now before they even get it. A long time ago, in 2003-04, I think Brownie came into the league, and in 05 or 06, Kopi came into the league. Those are the longest-serving kings. And when they came into the league, I know some of you were season ticket holders then, and you still are, and congratulations. We're, we're happy that you're still with us. But when you go back to that time frame, it, it's eerily similar to what's going on right now in the organization. And it, it took growth. And I use analogies, marathon. Those guys ran a marathon. Brownie and Kopi ran a marathon. They didn't know they were running it. They didn't even decide to run it, but they just began running. And they ran and they ran and they ran. And as they ran, they grinded it out. And if anybody's ever ran a marathon, they know that mile one, two, three, everything feels different. Every mile feels a little bit different. You have highs and lows. You want to quit sometimes. And then you get on a runner's high and you take off. Well, we're beginning that marathon again. And as they ran the marathon, they picked players up along the way. So Carter came in a trade. Richards came in a trade. Uh, Willie Mitchell, Green, um, you know, Drew Doughty, Quick was here. And, and they just kept picking people up on their marathon. They kept running. But to get through a marathon, it takes a lot of those intangibles. It takes heart. It takes commitment. It takes sweat and blood and tears and all that type of stuff. Um, I don't know if the Kings, when they won their Cups, were the most talented team. But I do know that they had those intangibles that pushed them through. I don't know if St. Louis was the best team in the league. Pure skill. But they had those intangibles. They ran the marathon from January on, and they were the best. And we're going to start running that marathon again. And, and some of the veteran players, this is the mixing of the veterans and the youth, they have to decide, are they prepared to run it again? My wife ran a marathon. She only ran it once. She can't do it again. She won't do it again. She doesn't want to do it again. 
do some of these players want to run it again and there's no shortcuts you can't go from one to fourteen to twenty two and almost be done you have to run every mile so i'm going to challenge the players Kopi brown and all the way up can you do it again are you willing to do it again and i'm i think i get i'll get the right answers from them i know i will verbally i will they've got to show it to us that they are day in and day out it's our job going back to the, that management group and coaching group to weed out the ones that we don't think want to or won't sacrifice it. And we'll do that over time. And we'll pick good players up as we go because that's what these guys do. They go out and they scout and they bring good players into the organization. We'll pick them up as we go. And the future right now is getting them to the starting line. Okay, the gun's going to go off in a week and we're going to begin to run. And the future then is the next day. And all of a sudden it's mile one and we hit October. Mile three may be November. Mile 12 might be next year at this time. I don't know how fast we're going to run the marathon, but we're running it. And that's what the players will hear from me. I'll challenge them that with that. We'll establish those goals throughout training camp and we'll begin to go. We'll have ups and downs. There'll be some miserable nights. There'll be some really good nights too. And it's our goal to make it a lot more good than miserable. Thanks for your time. Thank <laughs> you.